Welcome to Bible Studies for Life podcast for adults. Glad that you're with us today. I'm Chris Johnson, content editor with Bible Studies for Life. With me is Lynn Pryor, Woo-hoo. team leader of Bible, Bible Studies, Studies for, for Life adults. All right. And uh, Chris, we have a guest with us again today. We do. We do. Brandon Hildbeidel. Good to have you with us. So good to be here, guys. Thank you. Brandon is the director of groups ministry here at Lifeway, and uh, it's a delight to have him with us in the studio to talk about the resurrection. And Brandon, I'm just going to have to say on a personal note, you have such a passion for the gospel. It is uh, basically the only thing that really matters. So, uh, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. And, and that really kind of gets us. <laughs> I mean, that, that gets us really into this study too. I, I may have just sort of shared the point of the session, but that, that's still in thunder. It's okay if we it's okay if we repeat it and repeat it. But we are. We, but yes, you are right. We uh, last week, if you were with us last week or in your Bible studies, we it's kind of a two part study on the resurrection, and we had Mary Jo Sharp with us last week. Uh, the, she was the writer of the lessons, right? And and she just she understands apologetics and the evidences. So I think she's done a wonderful job talking about the evidences. But it was important for us not just to stop there. I mean that that's pivotal to the whole Christian faith is the proof and the truthfulness of the resurrection. But it, it's more than just that academic. Uh, foundation is there's a sense of okay we need to understand it impacts our lives so the point of uh the lesson this week is the resurrection of christ changes everything yeah and it does for us yeah there's and uh, as you get into your study the uh all our books start with this resource this uh, icebreaker and it's just a fun question it's not real spiritual but it just gets us into the study what invention or innovation has been a game changer for you what about you guys yeah, uh, so a game changer for me is not just the iPhone, but specifically there is a frozen match three game that I've downloaded to my iPhone. <laughs> there is a uh, there's a hashtag going around right now, hashtag girl dad, and I have three little girls, uh, four, six, and nine years old. And anytime I have an emergency, I need to buy myself one half hour of them not uh, causing any trouble. I can hand them this match three frozen game, and uh, it's pretty it's pretty life changing. So in the hill to bottle household, that truly is a game changer. It is absolutely a game changer. We save it for the most critical moments <laughs> All right. when we must have silence. Well, we were in First Corinthians fifteen last week, and we're going to pick up again in First Corinthians fifteen. But keep this in mind as we talk about this. We're looking at how the resurrection changes everything. So the study this week is continuing in First Corinthians fifteen. Uh, Paul does a just a magnificent job of explaining first, and so what we talked about last week was the eyewitnesses, the fact that Jesus did die on the cross, that right. he was buried and resurrected, and that there were all of these witnesses to that reality. The next part of the passage talks about this, that if, if there is no resurrection, then we don't have a faith and we have no hope. Uh, it's just really bad news for us. But the resurrection changes everything. Yeah. And, and it's important that our folks understand that the resurrection is the foundation of our faith. Um, as a young pastor, I remember having a conversation with a guy that was, uh, it was a premarital counseling. And this guy uh, had recently been baptized and they were getting ready to get married. We were talking about faith dynamics. And somewhere in the conversation, I said something about the resurrection of Jesus. And he said, oh, oh, I don't believe in the resurrection. <laughs> uh, but he claimed to be a Christian and recently baptized. And it was like, as a, young, as a young pastor, I was going, dude, you know, <laughs> this is just like, if you don't believe the resurrection, 
Yeah. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> you missed the whole point. Yeah, yeah. I was like, but so early in my ministry, it was like helpful, helpful for me to know that there are people in our churches who are there every week who call themselves Christians who would say, yeah, you know, I don't really believe that. If you don't believe that, you got we got questions about your whole relationship if there is a relationship that you have sure. with Christ. So um, this is a big deal, and this does change everything. So, so what we're going to do, we're going to pick up in verse—let me just read 20, verse 21. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For just as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. We're seeing that the resurrection of Jesus does mean something. It means life for us. Yeah. And uh, when you carry that that thought through, and that's really the, the thing that hit me the most in reading through this session is, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be raised from the dead. I, I think about heaven. I think about life after death. I don't think enough about the fact that me physically, personally, Brandon Hill Tobital will be resurrected. If Jesus was resurrected, and he was, and there was witnesses, and we went all into all that last week, I'm going to be resurrected from the dead, guys. Yeah. It's really nuts. I don't know. I'm just telling you. Like, one of the questions that it said, what jumps out to you about this study? That was it. It was me. I'm going to be resurrected. And when you skip down to the, the last verse in the, in the passage that we're looking at for the week, uh, it says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be steadfast and movable, always excelling in the Lord's work, because you know that your labor is not in vain. And if Jesus is really alive, and that means I'm really going to be alive again after I die. Every single moment of my life is reshaped in light of that reality. Like, talk yeah. about being steadfast. So, I don't know how much uh, time I have, but I, I just recently, just the last month, we thought my wife had cancer. Wow. She, uh, she had, the doctors told her she had cancer. She had two th- tumors in her thyroid. Uh we were, she had to get her thyroid removed, and there was, you know, it was stretched for a couple of months, but there was a couple of weeks where she could barely get out of bed because of how significant the thyroid is to your overall bodily function. And we, I, she was convinced she was dying. I then, therefore, became convinced she was dying, and I'm just trying not to envision six months mm. into the future with no wife and these three little girls and thinking, what in the world will this life be? You know what this life would be? temporary right if my wife died tomorrow and i it's me and my three little girls and we're just trying to figure it out you know what i could be steadfast and immovable and always excelling in the lord's work because guess who's going to be resurrected right scarlet hilt and at the end of whatever trauma i would get through with me and my hashtag girl dadness (laughs) that's what i would have on the other side so it's just the the temporariness the beautiful temporariness of everything in light of what the gospel gives us in a resurrection hope is it was pretty uh, stunning to me as i looked at this this week and you know we do it's it's just our human nature we live in this moment and we think of all the pain and suffering that the um as brandy as you talked about that those what ifs that that flood our brain because we're in this moment but to see this passage in first corinthians 15 to see yes there is this moment but it ain't all there is. Right. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 4, uh, where Paul says, our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory yeah. that far outweighs them all. I don't think I've 
correctly quoted the CSB, but um, that was the NIV. <laughs> but th- th- I always were reminded of that. that I think it says absolutely incomparable, or that may be the ESV. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I'm, but, I'm real impressed with your Bible knowledge, boys, i got to tell you. But you're right, Brandon. That's the heart of it. We have to remember in those scary moments, like you and Scarlett, just this ain't all there is. Yeah. Wow. And, and you know, as well, uh, it's not just the temporary uh, reality of our lives and knowing that, you know, I think it was Jonathan Edwards that the last point of the very first sermon he ever preached was the best is yet to come. It's always hmm. just it's just always true for Christian. The best is yet to come. Um, our bad things turn for good. I forget the second one, but then the best the best is yet to come. Uh, but the, the, the reality of the resurrection doesn't just speak to the limited nature of our, uh, of our light affliction, momentary light affliction, the Bible says, but it also speaks to the power of the one who holds us over even that momentary light affliction. So not only is it going to end forever, but the, a God who can raise himself from the, other, uh, from the dead can crush any problem that may feel like a light momentary affliction or may feel like a massive forever affliction in the moment. So the resurrection power doesn't just speak to life beyond the grave, but it speaks to the, the potential joy and hope that he gives us tomorrow morning. That's good. And if we kind of look at it, this is, comes out in the same chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse 23. Yeah. Verse 24, uh, then comes the end. When he, talking about God, the, when Jesus hands over the kingdom to God the Father, when he abolishes all rule and all authority and all power, for he must reign until he puts all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be abolished is death, for God has put everything under his feet. Brandon, that gets right back to that, that uh, if he, this resurrection from the dead, there's nothing we can't bring before him he can't handle. He is Lord. Yeah. And ultimately, uh, he he abolishes death. Death death yeah. is no more. Yeah, Good word. Good hope. All right, so the last section we're going to get into is a little bit. Brandon's already, uh, in his excitement, has really kind of got us there. But it is. It's, it's where Paul is taking us. If the resurrection's real, it changes everything. Yeah. Therefore, let nothing move you, because your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Verse 58. Uh, so what we do for him in this life matters. Today, tomorrow, through this life, it matters. You know, uh, uh Another verse that I thought of as I read that one, and for some reason, just the spirit of that verse, um, the spirit of that, that whole section, that third section there, reminded me of, I think it's in Peter, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I know that it's in the Bible, you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but whoever endures to the end will be saved. Remember that? Sure. And in that passage, uh, Jesus is talking about, um, no, it wasn't Peter, Jesus is talking, somewhere in the Gospels. Um, uh, he says, uh, you know, brother will give brother over to death, and and father will betray son, and and you'll be hated by all for, for my name's sake. And, but that's that that's exactly what this passage here in Corinthians is speaking to. Uh, our labor is uh, certainly going to feel like labor sometimes. It's certainly going to uh, we're going to face conflict. We're going to face. Um, Frustration. Sometimes we're going to face deep, deep, deep heartbreak, deep soul-crushing heartbreak. But the one who has power over life and death is the one who holds us, 
He is the one who causes us to endure to the end, and he is the one who says, okay, you will be saved, and you won't just be saved, you will be resurrected. It's really beautiful. And for me, Brandon, certainly this is true with those deep heartaches as you talk about them. Sometimes there's just a sense of frustration, you know, you know, as a, maybe preaching, preaching week in and week out, or just in ministry, leading a class. It's like, God, what's the point? Because yeah. sometimes you don't feel like, you know, you're really making any headway. And even with, with those moments, this passage comes back to mind for me. What you're doing is not in vain. Yeah. Everything matters. If you're a pastor listening to this and you're having your sermon hangover, perhaps, <laughs> those, are, those have <laughs> existed for centuries, I would assume, but they've become popular to talk about now. Man, I, I've been a pastor for, uh, I was a pastor for 10 years in Miami, and uh, it's the hardest job in the world. Um, your labor is not in vain. Uh, the one who you are serving has already done it all, has already conquer- conquered all the most important parts, including resurrecting you after your preaching days are done. That's right. So we give thanks to God for that the victory uh, is, is won. It's promised. It's ours. Yeah. So all of this is good news for us. This is our hope. He gives life meaning. His resurrection gives us assurance of eternal life. Good news, good news for us. That's good. Brandon, thanks for being with us today. Of course, thank uh, you guys. We appreciate your work and your passion and uh, delighted to have you as a part of our podcast today. Yes. Yeah, now if you're a, if you're a teacher, stick with us for a little, don't, don't check out yet uh, because in just a moment I wanted to share a teaching tip. Before I do, Chris, talk to us about some of the resources we have on Bible Studies for Life. Well, one of the unique aspects of Bible Studies for Life is that it's there are Bible studies from uh, preschool to senior adult, but in, in the adult world, uh, we have a curriculum that is created with a senior adult audience in mind. That's the resource that, that I work on, but we also have a young adult version so that it focuses on that stage of life. We also have uh, Bible studies that are just more general adult that will deal with the time when people are having families and those kind of things. We don't exactly age grade that one, but it's not young adult or not senior adult. It's everybody else. And it works for the in the assumption that that, that group that's meeting, they, they may have a 25-year-old and a 75-year-old in the same group. Hey, they can do Bible study together, that's too. That's exactly right. And so it just makes sure the questions and all are or geared to whatever the audience They're is. More universal in that in that application. Uh, we do have King James uh, versions available for those for that audience. Uh, we also have a daily discipleship guide that is a, a different approach to curriculum that allows the lesson to be the the place that everything everything starts with actual meeting in the lesson, and then the there are five daily devotions that reinforce the lesson and all the teaching plans are in the book. So we have a lot of different approaches and a lot of different age dynamics that are at play in Bible studies for life that makes us uh, unique. Sure. Well, let me share with you just quickly a teaching tip just from my own experience that I have found invaluable. Now, we meet in different settings, different contexts, our groups. Some of you, your group, you may meet in a living room. You may meet at Panera Bread. I've done that. Uh, for a lot of us, our, our, we meet in classrooms at the church, which is great, uh, where you kind of looks like a traditional classroom. Let me ask you to do something. Get rid of the rows. Uh, what happens in, when, when we sit in rows and we as the leaders stand up front, we're the focal point. 
What we want this to do is be a discussion. So I've gone and when, when I have a room, I'm assigned a room, I will just arrange it and either try to get as a, a full circle that we're all, it's kind of everyone's on the front row, or at least it's a semicircle so that we can, best we can, we can see each other. I have found when we sit like that, there's more engagement in the conversation. There's more engagement with the Bible study because now I'm not the focal point. I am not the lecturer. It's all of us. And I'll just be real radical here. I get rid of the tables. Mm. But what am I going to put my stuff in a ride on? God gave us a lap. <laughs> <laughs> and But it does. Even with the tables out, it opens it up that we're in this together. Really true. I mentioned earlier that we Bible Studies for Life has one main point that we want to be sure to get across. But we're all, also all of our adult resources are based around five discussion questions. And those discussion questions are enhanced when you have that circle, when you have that face-to-face. People are, it's easier for people to talk and discuss when they're in a situation or a, a room arrangement like what you just described, Lynn. Sure, and if you're standing when, you, when you're uh, communicating, at the moment you ask that question, just sit down and be a part of the group so they can see we're all in this together. So uh, it's just a suggestion for me that I've learned really enhances the Bible studies for our group. Again, thank you for taking time to listen to this podcast for Bible Studies for Life. Thank you, Brandon Hildevital, for being with us today. Mm -hmm. And we just ask and hope that you will have a great week and that your Bible study will be deepened and enriched because um, of this podcast. 